You are listening to the Chronically Alive and Thriving Podcast. I'm your host, Christine Irene. Welcome to Episode 2 of the Chronically Alive and Thriving Podcast. Today, I have a conversation with my very first guest. He's my best friend, PIC, teammate, and hubster, Carl Joseph. I do want to issue a caution and trigger warning. In this episode, we talk about mental health and identity. Our conversation touches on the topics of anxiety, depression, and suicidal thoughts. If you are someone that's struggling with suicidal thoughts, please don't hesitate. Contact the Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. Know that you are not alone. You are seen, loved, and worthy. Welcome to episode two. Thanks for having me today. I feel honored to be a part of your first interview episode. Well, I'm glad you said yes, and I figured it was only fitting to have you as my first guest since you're um, my biggest and loudest cheerleader and champion of all things. So, Well, I, ha- I wouldn't have it any other way. I hope you know that. Mm, I love you. I love you too. So... Obviously, I know your story, but for our listeners, they don't know anything about you. So tell me a little bit about yourself and your story and how it connects to mine. Yes. Um, And first off, I'm so excited for this podcast. I think it's just going to be such a big blessing to so many people. A little bit about me for those who don't know me. Just from the beginning, growing up, uh, I had just a great family, very loving family. Um, And music was always in the house, some shape or some form. Um, my dad was super big into 80s music, and um, which then in turn, my favorite band was always Metallica. And so my dad actually played drums. And so naturally, I was introduced to playing drums. So I was super young. I was two years old. You know, there, I think there's there's videotapes of me, like literally a baby in diapers playing on a drum kit. Oh, there and it now, is. And obviously, I was, yes. You don't know this? I, I've witnessed it, and it is huh. quite adorable. <laughs> and so, obviously, the older I got, I started getting into it, and I got uh, more serious about it. And uh, I think around 13 or 14, I took some lessons. And then that's when it you know, it got real, and uh, I was hooked. And then, I mean, moving through junior high, uh, high school, I struggled. I struggled big time. Um, actually went through a big spot. Uh, of depression, was diagnosed with it, and anxiety, very dark place. You know, through my through my teens, I went through quite a few counselors um, to try to figure out if that would help. Uh, and I eventually found one who really helped me work through it. And along with just a family who, who you know, walked along with me through that. Uh, I was on a couple different medications, uh, but all in all, that in combination with music, as an outlet really helped me through it. And um, music and writing has always just been such an incredible outlet for me in a safe place um, where I could just be myself and I can express just the creativity that came out of me so naturally. So in a way it was very therapeutic. But through my teens, I was always searching for something and you know, never quite knew what that was. But I was searching. I guess that's the best way to describe it. 
And then I really feel like I, I, I had a point where I met Jesus at 18 and the rest is history. And as soon as I understood that, okay, there's religion and then there's a relationship with the God of the universe, that's, that's when it hit me. And so that was a game changer where I really understood, man, Jesus came for me. He died for me and he wanted to be a part of my life. Um, and so that's just been the most incredible part of the journey ever since. And then moving through, um, from there, it was just, it, it was just, you know, finding who my true identity was. Cause I wrestled all growing up with who am I, you know, what's my purpose? You know, all the, all those different questions we all have to really understand who I was, that I was actually, um, a son and my identity wasn't in the things that I do. Um, but it was in Jesus was absolute shift for me. I joined a band and we built this thing from the ground up and uh, was in it for many, many years. And we recorded and we toured and uh, we wrote a ton of music. It was an incredible experience. And then God called me out of that, went into worship ministry. And now I'm currently a worship and creative arts pastor who uses music and arts to help people connect with God. And so it's the most amazing thing ever. And it's cool to see just even talking about that, telling that story, God's faithfulness. It's so apparent just looking back and seeing him year after year guiding me to where I am now and still molding me, still shaping me, still make mistakes, still mess up. But it's been an incredible journey. So we've been married, what, five years now? almost five years. um, That's just been absolutely incredible. Nothing but uh, an incredible adventure to be alongside you in uh, marriage. So yeah, that's a little bit about me. Um, So yeah, our marriage, we do have a great marriage and we definitely work on it, but we've had a lot of our journey and adventures together be in midnight as well, um, with my mm-hmm. health and, um, all the things that come along with that burden. Um, but backing up just a little bit, talking about when you struggled through junior high, um, with anxiety and depression before you kind of had your relationship with Jesus form and grow into what it is now, Um, music you said was a huge gift to you and helping you manage that. What was it about your music that allowed you to be in that safe place and why was it therapeutic to you? Mm. Well, I think it was in my head, the only safe place where I felt like I could be myself. For those of you who have never just been through something like a depression type thing. It's kind of surreal and you don't really know uh, what's right from wrong, uh, what's really going on and why all these different emotions are hitting you at such a fast rate. And so uh, there was a war going on inside of me and it catches up with you really fast. You don't really know until you, you really don't know you're in it until you're way deep in it. And that's where I was. But music was that outlet where, hey, I can, I can express, I can create, I can, you know, things are hitting me uh, at such a fast rate. I feel like I can, I can 
just be me. It flows out of me, yeah. you know. And so it was just a place where it was okay to be me. So it was just, I guess that's the best way to describe it. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, and two more directions that I, I want to go with um, here is, so when we're talking about depression and anxiety too, just for any listeners who never have maybe experienced that, we're not referring to just when you're having a sad day and, you know, your emotions based off of, you know, just being disappointed in something. We're talking about an actual chemical imbalance in the body where there's an actual wound that needs to be addressed and medicated. Um, And so, you know, you used music as a therapy of medication along with actual oral medication as well, correct? Correct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was on... um uh, I think, I mean, just being straightforward with it, I was on a depression medication, I was on a mood swing medication, then also an anxiety medication. And now it took a while to get the right combo. You know, there was a while where none of them were working, they're having weird side effects. But once we found um, ones that were working, it was, it was huge in helping me get better um, during that time. And, you know, yeah, I was at my wits end. I was suicidal for a while it's a scary place to be it is it is but looking back you know it's things like that that make us stronger and i wouldn't have said that at the time you know because of the the state i was in but um looking back it's it's you know giving me a, a greater greater um thankfulness for life but then also just uh a greater compassion for others who face it every single day. Yeah. And I know that I'm incredibly thankful that you're still here with us today. Obviously you're one of the greatest things in my life. Um, Ditto. But also without sounding too strange, I'm glad that you also went through that because it's helped shape who you are and how you treat other people and how empathetic you are. And how you love other people. And I think that's one of your greatest strengths. And so um, as much as I hate that you had to go through that, I'm also really glad at the same time. Because I think it has made you a better human being. Mm, That means it's on you saying that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. Um, And now, you know, for for any listeners out there, you and I are, um, we have our full reliance on Jesus Christ with our relationship. Our faith is a huge part of who we are. But... Um, I know that we have listeners who maybe don't even know what that looks like or um, are just angry at faith and Christians and whatnot. Um, Do you have anything that you can say for people who are in that position but maybe still struggling with Mm. um, any type of anxiety or depression or thoughts of suicide? Um, just when they're in their midnight, the worst parts of them, and they don't know where to turn, they don't know what they believe in, um, what is maybe some, some encouragement that you can give them? Mm. Mm, that's a great question. Sorry, I, would I kind say, of just threw that at you. I would say even at your lowest low, when you think there might not be anywhere left to turn, that no one cares, Know that you're not alone, that you're never alone. Keep fighting, I would say. Keep talking about your struggles, even though that's very difficult, I know. Keep your head up and know that 
try to separate the religion from hey a re- there could be a relationship here yeah. with the creator the creator of the universe that was huge for me that thought and there's a god who loves you there's a god who cares about you right now more than you can even begin to understand it's surpassing your understanding and he's there in your struggle he's there in your pain he's there even when you feel all these different emotions and the tears and the long nights and there's always hope. Yeah. That's what I would say. Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, is there anything else that you want to add or kind of talk to me about? I, I, again, you know, you mentioned your faith and your music. Those are great things that help you even to this day. And you've come a long way from your, you know, your darkest parts. Um, of your depression, anxiety, but I mean, that's still something that we both face in battle today. I mean, you're in full-time ministry and as your wife and your partner in crime, I experienced that weight as well. But we also have the weight of my health and my Lyme disease and, um, that journey that we've been on since, you know, our engagement really is when I started getting sick. And so, um, kind of just share maybe with our listeners a little bit of what that's been for you of, you know, being on the other side of things, but still being just as deeply affected just in different ways. Yeah. It's very challenging. I'll be completely honest, but I've, I've, I've learned so much. I feel like it's strengthened me. It's allowed me to show Jesus's love to you in so many different ways. I've been shifted and shaped as a husband. I feel I'm, I'm called to be selfless and sacrificial and to love you, you know, to the end. And that's what I feel like I'll, you know, I'm going to do. And so it has been tough. It has been challenging. But at the end of the day, I'm so grateful to be able to love you the way that you need, you know, and, and the way that, you know. Yeah. And it's been messy and we've had fights and yeah, we, we've had to have time apart to go walk yeah. and, and let off some steam and calm our emotions. And, you know, I'm definitely going to have to have you back on as a guest, probably multiple times. There's so many things that I think, um, we can mm-hmm. just share with listeners. Um, but I mean, and, go ahead. and through it all, like every day and especially when you were really, really, at the lowest low of your illness. Every day was ground zero. It was mm-hmm. so challenging. I mean, you remember. Mm-hmm. You remember. I remember two specific instances where, I mean, I don't think you mind me sharing, but I would literally have to walk you to the restroom because yeah. you can do it by yourself. Or I remember another instance where we were out. I think it was actually on a Mother's Day. Uh, with her moms, I'll never forget it. You were sitting there, and you part of your illness is tremors, and you would stare off and shake. And I remember crying right there in the in the restaurant, whatever where we were, breaking down. And and those are just some examples. But to know there was uh, to know that Jesus was in the middle of it, and yeah. that I didn't have to bear that weight that I felt as a husband, as a caretaker alone was the difference. Yeah. 
Like that was where my strength came from. That was my firm foundation when I didn't have a strength in myself. And so, yeah, that, that was it. That was it. I don't think, um, I mean, there are numerous occasions throughout my whole, whole life situations where, man, I don't, without Jesus, I wouldn't have made it. Literally, I wouldn't have been alive uh, without him through different situations. And uh, I don't know how I did it without him. And so, I don't know. I think I would say to the caretakers, you're a difference maker. You're a gift. You are appreciated more than you know. And uh, don't stop because uh, you're there for a reason. You're alongside that person uh, for a specific purpose. They appreciate you. Even maybe it doesn't feel like that always, but they appreciate you and you're really making a huge, huge impact being a caretaker. So, Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things, too, that I noticed and just even from the counseling that we've received individually and together through all this is that um, and, and, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic with COVID-19 right now, but. Um, you know, when you're on a plane and they explain, you know, you've got to put your mask on first if something goes wrong before you can help anybody else. And that's you as a caretaker have to put on your mask. You have to be able to take care of yourself so that you can take care of me. And that's something that you've really um, put a lot of time and effort into with how you, you know, um, you work out, you're, you're drinking water, you're researching what type of um, food you need to be putting in your specific body mm-hmm. and things like that. And so that's been a big part of how you've also taken care of um, yourself as my caretaker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. You know, some crucial things for me, habit, as far as habits go, that I practice um, would be, I mean, one you mentioned it is working out and, mm-hmm. and just, especially with a background of depression and anxiety, working out has proven to help lower those things and, you know, it helps keep, my mind and my body focused, endorphins pumping, I sleep better, anxiety's better. I mean, I drastically know the difference, you know, when I'm not physically exercising versus when I am in my, you know, anxiety and all those things. So definitely working out. Daily God time, you know, I work up about five, five thirty every day. Crazy. And that that might sound crazy. No, well the God time in general <laughs> might sound crazy, you know, but yeah. um I found that hey, when I start my day off with Jesus, um I decrease, he becomes more, and um I get him out of my own way because when I wake up, I'm not always in the right uh state of mind. I'm all over the place and uh it just helps center me. You know, and it's just, hey, I read the Bible, I, I listen, I talk to God, I wait, I journal, I pray, and it's been hands down, hands down, the most beneficial thing to center me and get me started off in any day, right? Sure. Uh, and then the last thing that's just as far as habits go is like sing. <laughs> that sounds crazy. <laughs> um, but sing, sing in your car, um, and I relate it to worship, and I found so much peace in the fact that even though things might be tough right now, I can sing. I could worship in the middle of maybe this really tough situation we're facing. And it takes the pressure off. It's just me saying, you know, I don't have it all figured out, but I 
am surrendering right now to the one who does, who is greater. And so I highly recommend it. Even if you're not a singer, sing, sing it out. I promise you it works. Get and that hairbrush and belt it out, baby. Right. Hairbrush. Yeah. But, um, and you know, you used a word that I absolutely love, um, surrender. And that's something that, uh, that word is very special to me within my, my chronic, um, illness journey. And so definitely that's a conversation I want to table and come back to another time, just on what surrender looks like through this whole journey. Um, and something, I don't even know if I shared this with you yet, but so with, with the title of my podcast of chronically alive and thriving, you know, I shared a little bit on the first episode about how I've been able to thrive even while living with my chronic illness. But one of the things, you know, when we were first beginning and in the unknown, we didn't know what was going on with me, just that my body was shutting down and I was in my darkest points. I didn't want to live anymore. Like I didn't want to live like that. And I know that I shared that with you probably daily. And there would be times that it would be, you know, the middle of the night and I'd like be panicked and ask you to pray over me um, that I wake up because I was just, um, I wanted to die because of how I felt. It wasn't a life I was, felt was worth living in the state that I was. But then also um, I didn't want to die. I wanted to stay here and keep fighting. So it was this weird um, cycle that I was in. And, um, so that part of chronically alive and thriving is I'm so thankful that I did continue fighting and that I had you as a partner to continue lifting me when I couldn't even, you know, crawl. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, thank you for that. Thank you for being my champion. Um, there's some people that just don't have a, a community or a significant other that is kind, caring, and loving, and sacrificial the way you have been to me. So I just want to publicly thank you for that, and know, hope you know how much I appreciate and adore you, and how much you have given me. So, mm. I love you so much, and thanks for saying that. I wouldn't have it any other way. And uh, and here we are now, and you've launched this podcast to wanna you know, have a conversation around, you know, people yeah. who are facing the same thing or similar thing. And so I'm so proud of you for launching this. It's going to be just a huge uh, encouragement to a ton of people. So I'm excited. Yes, absolutely. Me too. Thanks for listening to episode two of Chronically Alive and Thriving. Today, Carl shared a little bit about his story and how he was able to beat the war inside of himself. If you resonated with anything in our conversation today, feel free to share it with a friend or connect with us on Instagram at chronicallyaliveandthriving or christinaireen.com. And if you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast. And again, if you are struggling with any type of suicidal thoughts, please contact the Suicide Prevention Lifeline immediately at 1-800-273-8255. God loves you, I love you, and you matter more than you know. Join me next week for a conversation with Dr. Nancy McClowski, where she shares about self-care and little things we can all do to thrive in the midst of our messes. 
Thanks for listening, Thrivers. I'll meet you back here on Monday.